You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani, we are two Texas licensed attorneys. And we are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 on 104.5 and 106.1 Conroe's FM. And you can listen to us live on Facebook. And you can send us Facebook messages. Send us questions and we'll try to get to them if we can during the show. If we can't, we'll try to get to them sometime during the week with a good answer. And, uh, you know, that's not intended for specific legal advice or specific legal counsel, but, you know, just some help for you and Tony and I do this as a public service for our listeners uh, just to help you through any kind of legal situation you might find yourself in or your mom or dad are in or your um, your friends, whatever. You know, things happen all the time. Just last night, uh, I got a call from my dad who's in Hawaii and he was driving through a parking lot and uh, hit the fender of a truck and uh, wasn't thinking and drove off, drove off and parked somewhere else. And he called, you know, so he's sitting there thinking about it, thinking about it. And he called me and he said, what do I do? And I said, dad, go back, go back to the truck and put a note on the car and uh, tell him that you, uh, and just hopefully the truck is still there, you know? And so you may not know someone that you can call at 12 o'clock at night and ask them what to do, but you sure can listen to us. And we will try and get to your uh, questions and help you in any kind of situation that you have questions about. But today, we're going to be talking about immigration. And uh, Tony, did you know that there are some attorneys, I think this is interesting about immigration, and and I think that it goes along with our topic. Uh, There's some attorneys outside, well, in Dallas, which is, you know, where I'm from, that filed suit against the Texas State Bar. And there's uh, there's a guy in Collin County, which is like Plano, which is right next to Dallas, and uh, the Attorney General, the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, entered in the suit with the attorneys against the state bar, which is interesting because, you know, you think... Administrative court, or do you know what court that's in? Uh, I bet it is. Where they, they filed suit. They yeah, no, I don't know where they filed yeah. suit. But um, the, the crux of the suit is that, you know, we pay... As attorneys, we have to pay the Texas State Bar every year. Penalties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, some pay $250 a year for dues. And, uh, some I pay more than that because I'm a member of all these different sections. Right. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And you got to pay for that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's up until you're 70 years old, you pay. Or if you're a judge and there's some other exceptions. Right. But if you're not, then up until you're mm-hmm. 70 years old, right. you, you got to pay right. your, your dues. Mm-hmm. And uh, these attorneys are saying you're spending the money that we pay for dues on uh, causes that we disagree with. And I, it didn't, what I read, the article that I read didn't say this specifically, but I think what they're upset about is that the Texas State Bar has a program called Access to Justice, Mm -hmm. and it uh, supplies attorneys for these illegal immigrants Mm -hmm. that are uh, coming across our borders for free. And And, and uh, we know that you can get a public defender through the state cost, through the through the um, Constitution, I mean, the U.S. Constitution, the Texas Constitution allows you to have a right to an attorney or counsel, but for a criminal case, but not for an immigration case, because that's deemed civil, because 
although they've committed a crime coming over, the removal proceedings are deemed civil, and those are not paid for. That's why the, uh, I guess, the state bar is stepping in and helping, which I'm kind of surprised because that's like any other situation, whether, you know, if you're going to argue about where your taxes go or whether your homeowners association is, you know, putting money towards something that your group of owners, if you want to look at it on a small scale, that they don't agree with and they're not telling them about it. I didn't know that. I don't know that I would be completely opposed to it, but I'd like to be given the option to see where the money could be spent. And it's not likely that I would agree that that's where the money should go because there's a lot of other people that may be more needy, like somebody that's got a case where there's a child custody case at issue, which is also civil, and and they don't have any money at all, and the kids are in a, 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 a terrible spot. Why wouldn't you want to consider a case where uh, you've got a divorce situation where there's harm to, you know, children. potential harm to the children, mm-hmm. uh, or their welfare is at stake, as opposed to somebody that has come over, some burly guy or whoever has come over on their own volition illegally, knowing that, especially, I mean, just like this article today, I don't know if we have where the, the camera is, but where is our But knowing is? what? Knowing that the droves of people coming over like this, this is not a secret. They're coming over there to no. take advantage of our, our economic system. status. Right. And we know that. It, it's not a, it, maybe some people are coming over for <coughs> asylum, but not not this many people in the, the caravans that are coming in right now. I don't want my bar money going toward that. Yeah, and neither did these attorneys who filed suit in Dallas, and it looks like Ken Paxton doesn't want it either. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you have no choice. Over, they know when they're in court. I mean, I represented them. Um, and, and they know private, what? They know that they don't get, they're not funded. Oh. Because there's only a few attorneys that are in the removal proceedings sitting up like in the front row. And to get in, you have to be checked in and ID and who you're there for. And they only let you say, you know, basically for your case until you're called because it's so crowded in there for the most, that's the, the real reason. And most of the people that are in there at these, uh, the bond hearings at the removal proceedings, they don't have an attorney. They can't afford an attorney, or they've chosen not to have an attorney. So they, they everybody, for the most part, they know the ropes. This, and so why are some why are some people getting free legal services on something that's being funded through the state bar? That's they do. They sure are. I know attorneys who do it. Yeah. Well, no wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting about immigration, and goes with our topic today. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so we do. We're going to cover a, a couple of different things today. We're going to look at um, the. Uh, I, I want to give a, a little bit of background on some of the stuff that we've gone through personally, you know, so we can give a heads up to everybody out there. But um, I was reading an article because I've been really torn about the whole immigration thing. On the one hand, it's humanitarian and people are coming over and all the kids are coming over. And I have so many clients that are now my friends that aren't here legally. And I'd like them to stay once they've sort of made their mark and they're here and they've been here for a while. You really like them. They're good people. Uh, But on the other hand, they came over illegally, so they shouldn't have an attitude. And they should be, they should have come over here through the proper channels. And they need to do that now if they're here and they want to stay. So there's some humility to that, you know. But, but don't they have to leave and come back legally? I mean, if they're here illegally. That's what we're going to talk about today. There is so many visas and so many ways that you could become eligible through a green card situation that, no, that is you don't have to leave and come back a lot of times. But every situation is completely different. But if you've got your typical person that's coming over here from Honduras or Colombia that uh, is like our Venezuela now, I guess, yeah. is looking for an economic uh, charge 
you know, a, 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 that's not the proper term. Opportunity. Uh, opportunity, influx of cash, mm -hmm. that they're just going to be sending back that to their family and using that money to send more family members up. Right. And that that's wrong. Right. I mean, they shouldn't be doing that. And we know that, we, you know, on all the different news channels that the, the bottom line is people are coming over and they're, you know, using kids as, uh, that's why they're having to do the DNA testing now. They're using a kid to come over as a family, and then they're sending the kid back over and using the same kid as a new family member. And so they're having to DNA test the kid to make sure they're really a part of the family coming over. I mean, everything is like such a racket right now, and it's really, really dangerous. Yeah. Why would you subject your kids to that, no matter how bad your living conditions are where you're living? The people, My clients, for the most part, have families that are doing not fine, fine, but they're not doing any worse than people that are in the barrios here. They just want to come up because the opportunity and the money is so much better. The well, that's the reason. And I think that, you know, with all this immigration stuff, what Americans don't understand, and I don't think that they will ever understand, is that how um, incredible it is just your status as an American citizen. Yes. Oh, no, they now, know. They, they want, know. To, But I, I mean the people that want to come to this country. They want to be in America. They want they the want opportunities. America, and a lot of them don't have the, right, the, the same opportunities as others. That's just the way we're born, what we're born into. But if you are uh, just like Pele or these, these people that came from you know, countries that were not. Uh, I, I'm thinking of Pele. Where did because, you? Get, yeah, okay. we went to the World Cup in 2014 uh -huh. and then we read all the articles and all the soccer players and, oh, okay. and golfers and people that have done, were in war-torn countries or were not well off. Mm -hmm. And they did well for themselves mm -hmm. by developing a skill set, mm -hmm. whether it was going to school or becoming a, a, an amazing soccer player right. or whatever the case may be. They did what they had to do to get here legally. Mm -hmm. And Paley, of course, is not an American citizen, but he could have been because he would have fit one of the criteria we're going to talk about today that is one of the first-tier preference immigrants. So if you apply and you've got a skill set, yeah, fill out your paperwork and come on down. Mm -hmm. But if you're somebody that's saying, hey, you know, I'm one of 19 family members and we all are working on the farm and I want to get off the farm and I want to go up and be in the land of opportunity, then you need to work your way up here. You can't cut in line. And that's mm. the problem. You can't just get over here with these droves of people and then be entitled and push down walls and borders and feel like this is your right and your privilege. And, and because for religious reasons, because even the Bible says that that's not the reason you get to come over. Right. There are rules and you need to comply with them. Right. And there, and I, that's why I looked it up. I thought, what does the Catholic Church say? Because you had a friend that worked for Catholic Charities mm -hmm. that, that became an attorney and she's still mm -hmm. not a citizen. And I thought, well, what does the Bible say about that? I'm kind of torn because I always want to honor God and, and do well, what he Well, Catholics, wants. and I can imagine that you would be torn because Catholics are very... Yes, but I found an article from a bunch of Catholics that basically said that it, the illegal immigration problem... If you go to, to the most important book that was ever written, the one that's, you know, it's in it, Gideon, you know, the turn of the century put in every hotel room. Well, which book is that? <laughs> Gideon's, <laughs> well, not just Gideon's version, but the Bible. Oh, right. And, um, and if you go, and you know, history repeats itself, and you should always go back and not recreate the wheel. What did God tell us? I mean, he's the one that gave us the Ten Commandments that we have to comply with, which is basically what all of our, our laws are based upon anyway. So I was reading this article, and I'm like, okay, this made a lot of sense to me. And, you know, the bottom line is, and I, I'll just go to the very back of the article because it had, um, it's an article written by an attorney uh, in Connecticut, of all places, and it basically said that God, uh, the God of independent nations differentiates between the people of nations. And um, it, he basically wants us, he doesn't, 
God, uh, gosh, I should really be quoting this and sort of saying it because it says so much better than me. But um, one of the quotes in Leviticus is, in Leviticus 19.15, you shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. So I love that. So verse. basically, it's you, just because they're poor, that's really sad, and they may be rich, and that may be okay too. But what's fair? You may have poor people that have done the right thing and come; they're coming over here legally. Mm-hmm. So you can't say just because you're poor you can come in because there's no borders. And um, uh, what did it say at the end of this article? I loved it. It said God's design boundaries equate to compassion. And, um, oh, where's the rest of my article? Oh, my gosh, it didn't print out the rest of the article. Well, uh, I'll have to, to, to look it up on one of our breaks. But the bottom line was there's the basic tenet of this is be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's in Genesis. But uh, behold that all people, at, like in the Tower of Babel, but God was upset because in the Tower of Babel, they weren't complying with him. Mm-hmm. They were using man's rules and not God's rules. And um, he goes on to say, Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they will not be understood, that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. He intentionally made it all not one big, beautiful uh, uh, communion or um, a community uh, because people weren't complying with them. They were doing their, they were. They were satisfying themselves and not God. They weren't doing what they were doing for his purpose. They were building something to the, the you know, the, the sky to satisfy themselves. Um, so, I, gosh, I got to find all of these, these particular quotes. But the bottom line was that every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Where's that verse? Does um, it have that? That is reference? Romans thirteen one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, it just basically means that um, that a citizen is the countryman, the Hebrew word for ark, or ak, a c h. Illegal immigrant is a sojourner. The Hebrew word is toshab. Not that that means anything. We don't know Hebrew. And a foreigner is illegal. And you, if you don't have boundaries, then uh, and or if you're if you don't follow if people are not complying with the laws and there's no boundaries then you have no governance. Well, you know, of- I think part of the problem is is that people that are for um, illegal immigration and all that they don't want America to have boundaries. They don't want they want they, they want all open borders. Mm-hmm. They that's just what they want. It serves their purposes. And they like to argue that, well, we've always been a land of immigrants. We've always had open borders. America's mm-hmm. always been this way, well, which no, is not true. That's not true. No. Yeah, that, that's, uh, we wouldn't have put in the Constitution that the, 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 the border controls and restrictions that we have now, if they had intended for the borders to always be open, there's rules to being a citizen. And you have to have, you, in fact, to become a citizen, you, you can actually go to the... United States Citizen and Immigration Services to show the requirements to become a citizen, whether you're here uh, because you were born here, you have a parent that was born here, or you've passed a naturalization test. They made these rules, and and they're constitutional, mm-hmm. and they comply with the requirements in the Constitution for you to be a citizen. You don't get to come, come on in. You're on your own. 
And um, with the support of the whole world saying, yeah, America, you should let him in. Yeah, You're not yeah, that, being that's fair. That's wrong, and that's, that's why we're having so many problems right now. Well, what were you telling me about the uh, sham marriage with all the people? And I was going to bring that up. I think this is one verse that I want to put out there, and I'm going to go back to the really the important stuff, the, the details about what you should do if you're already here to become legal, because that's what our show is about, really, for if people are here, if citizens need people to come over, whether they, because they want to marry them, like my, my father-in-law married the most beautiful Greek woman ever when he was um, uh, based in Greece back in the early 60s, but he did it the right way. He Just was like, in the military? Yes, he was in the military. Really? He was stationed in Greece, and uh-huh. he met the most, it was like in The Godfather, he met mm-hmm. the most beautiful woman he had ever seen, and he couldn't even talk with her because they wouldn't allow that in their culture. Mm-hmm. He, had, he couldn't go out with her until he was married or engaged to her, and so he basically went through the right channels and went through, had to go through a lot of red tape to make sure that he could marry her because mm-hmm. he wanted to marry her. Mm-hmm. It was like the Thunderbolt, like in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got married, and she came over here as a citizen, as mm-hmm. his wife. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my, my husband was born, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and the rest is history, as they mm-hmm. say. But he did it the right way. Right. And um, I think that, you know, probably given her... Uh, you know, knowing how loyal she was to to her heritage, she probably would have been perfectly happy to remain. And I think she did retain her Greek citizenship. She's a dual citizen. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't about coming over here for the money. They did it because it was the right thing. He wanted to marry her. They wanted to be together. Well, and this is where he was from. They and... followed the rules. Right. And that's the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, Romans 13, 4 says, for a minister for, and it says government, in parentheses, is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do not if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. I'm really leaning this wrong today. No, I'm, I'm getting it. Okay. The government doesn't bear the sword for nothing. It but bears if you it do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. Mm-hmm. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Yeah. And, you know, the whole article, I'll just read the premise of this article. And really, if y'all want to read it, rather than just listen to me paraphrase, um, it's called What the Bible Says About Our Illegal Immigration Problem. And the premise is that um, that we should really use the Bible as a guideline. Um, around It says, with terrorist killings around the world and the further threat of terroristic incursion in America due to, due to naive or misinformed understanding of what the Bible actually teaches about immigration, this article is reissuing an, an, uh, an article that was written by um, Pastor Tom Townsley, and as he's also, I guess, a representative now up in Connecticut. Um, re- it says, What the Bible Says About Our Legal Immigration Problem. That's the title of the article. And it's to provide the readers with a better understanding and a sound, systematic theology pertaining to the subject. And his prayer is that God will use his word to be of help as we solidify our understanding and thinking about this ongoing problem. The situation is increasingly critical, and so... Uh, we hope and pray that we can help our listeners in the way that will kind of give them an understanding that it's not it's not a bad thing to want immigration restriction and reform. It's a good thing because it protects us. Yeah. Um, and there was another part that they said in here, man, I just wish that I had had uh, had pretty highlighted this a little bit better. But it says, according to a widely circulated news reports, sixty thousand youth will cross our border, and it will be up tenfold this year. According to Reuters, the number of illegal immigrants under the age of 18 entering our country is likely to double in, and this was written in 2015, and we know so much more now. 
um, costing the American taxpayers $2 billion a year. Uh, so far, unaccompanied youth have been housed in shelters in Arizona and in military bases in Texas, California, and Oklahoma. This month, the Department of Justice, and this was written a while back, um, announced a new program to enroll approximately 100 lawyers and paralegals to provide legal services to the taxpayer, at the taxpayer expense to youth crossing, uh, to help the youth crossing our border unaccompanied by their parents. And this is when DACA was still in effect. You mm -hmm. can't even, DACA's not even in effect anymore. Mm -hmm. And we know that, uh, I think it was last week or the last couple of weeks, um, uh, President Trump was able to get, uh, I guess, be sanctioned by the, not sanctioned in a bad way, but it was uh, approved by the U.S. Supreme Court or the, the Ninth Court of Appeals that we would allow asylum seekers to not, to, to, to stay in Mexico while they wait to determine whether they can mm -hmm. have asylum mm -hmm. because so many people are pouring over and it's not even being apprehended. And I say apprehended because they're not here legally. Right. They're just being cut loose. Right. And it's it's creating havoc for our nation and our taxpayers. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's part of, uh, you, you, we talked about a little bit earlier today. About the suit against uh, the Texas State Bar? The suit against, but it was something else that we talked about. It was how um, the taxpayers are footing the bill for even though, even if they come over and they actually get an I-10 number, mm -hmm. taxpayers are still footing the bill for an enormous number of um, immigration issues. And that's oh, one of the fact efficiency fiction uh, issues we'll go over. Well, well, just the Medicaid problem. And we want to help them. I want to help as many people as we can. But, but we that's not the issue. We can't help the world. Well, that, everybody says that. Oh, we, want, we need to be nice. That's not the issue. We're nice. We're nice. <laughs> and we're paying for all of their health care. And you, do you know that if... They get a prescription for Tylenol, like they can get a big old bottle. Mm -hmm. Then Medicaid covers it. They get it for free. Mm -hmm. They're not even having to buy Tylenol or no. anything like no. that. And then it all goes back to where they're from. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, there was an, oh, I'm going to read this last paragraph. We're talking about another article that we're going to talk about quickly because I know that we kind of get off on a tangent, at least I do. Mm -hmm. um, the Department of Homeland Security announced a renewal of the administration's policy to grant relief from deportation to youth brought into the United States illegally by their parents if they meet certain criteria, and that's, of course, DACA. According to the department, as of April over, and this was back in 2011, 560,000 individuals have already received such relief. We know that that's practically a month now. Yeah. I mean, it's not even, that's not even, uh, it's not even a year. It's become, it, it is a crisis, regardless of what, they, you know, many of the news media like to portray it. We know that it's, it's a crisis at this point. Now, before we get to the journey of the scripture on the subject, we must first, it must first be said that when it comes to presenting Bible studies on policy issues, it is the responsibility of the careful Bible expositor, expositor to discover their analogous repeated voice of God's word on the matter. Um, conversely, it is not the job of the expositor to necessarily offer detailed policy positions or solutions, just like we're not now, today. Mm -hmm. um, that's your job as a Christian legislator. So this this article is actually published in a legislative um publication in mm -hmm. Connecticut. So they're having problems up there, but this is somebody that I wouldn't even think would be have a problem with it at all because they're not they don't have the border issues that we have right now where people are literally coming across at all these different non-checkpoints and being dropped off. And um and I'm gonna finish this and don't forget to remind yeah, you of we the gotta take a break in just a second. Um, a Bible expositor in the Capitol should be a pre-political or in other words offer a biblical basis for policy information. Um the, in order for you to do your job effectively and in a way that pleases God, you must first have accurate, accurate biblical information. Without this pre-political guidance, it is, it is 
much more difficult to arrive at the policies that are both pleasing to God and both beneficial to the advancement of our nation. Because we want to please God, but we also want to protect ourselves, the nation, because we won't be a nation anymore if we don't have borders. Absolutely. And um, Hey, Tony, listen, we're going to okay. take a quick break. And uh, we're talking about immigration. When we come back, we'll pick up the topic. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at irlonestar.com or call in and leave a message at 936 647 3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District's Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about immigration and specifically illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were looking at some statistics for us. And while you do that, one last thing in this article, it's just an amazing article. It's got so many, it just really gives you uh, sort of not just the political basis, but the the religious basis and not racist or anything, just a, a good, solid foundation for a policy that, that we could adhere to because we really don't have a good policy at all. I mean, with everybody going, you know, coming over and then what do you do? It's, it's so absolutely and true. I, I just know. read an article where a lady uh, picked up three Hondurans on her. She lives near the border in, um, I want to say it's Falfarious. And she said that they looked hungry. They were young, just like you and I. You see them on the streets. You want to help. She got them in her car. A, a Border Patrol picked her up and they arrested her for uh, harboring illegals. And she said she was a lawyer. She said, I was just a mom. I wanted to help them. They were the age of my kids. I didn't know what to do. And um, they said they interrogated her for quite a while before they dropped the charges. But she said, this is how bad it is. They're coming over. And what do you do? It's inhumane if you leave them to suffer, particularly on your property. But but the governments can't handle this. It's, it's too overwhelming. Well, listen to this, Tony. Uh, February had the highest totals of undocumented immigrants crossing the U.S. border in 12 years. And uh, the total in 28 days 
in February, uh, there were 76,103 immigrants without needed documentation that were apprehended at legal ports of entry by Border Patrol. Mm -hmm. Just February of 2019. That's, that's apprehended and legal. Right. And I can tell you this because... Apprehended and illegal. Oh, apprehended and they illegal. They were right, illegal. Right. Okay, but they were apprehended. That's the key word. Right. I will tell you this. I've got um, some of my clients that I'm representing to become legal. They go back and forth across the border because they've been here forever and they know all of the, you know, the ways to do it, right? And they have coyotes. And they were telling me that if you're in Mexico, a coyote is going to be about the cost to come over uh, will be about uh, $6,000, six to $8,000. That's if you're paying a coyote to, to take you to the border by car. And then they walk with you another, maybe a, a, another 24 hours until you're picked up at a different location in a bus. And then you're taken to inside the United inside States, the United States. And so you walk quite a while, but you've always got a chaperone for your 6,000. But if you're coming from Honduras, are Colombia, are from Central America, it's very different. The, the cartel and the coyotes charge a lot more. It's up to, it's between 15, I think he said, no, I take that back. He said it was between 12 and 20,000, and they don't give you an escort once you get to America. They drop you off at the border, and you're you're on your own. To get across. So, and they my, my clients are coming back and forth, uh, you know, and I can't control that. They're getting with me after they're here. Right. Freely. Yeah, this is this is this is seventy six thousand is just the people they know about. There's well, a, no, Tony. This article is saying that two hundred thousand per month are suspected, and that was back in two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now they think there's been a hundred and twenty percent increase mm -hmm. in twenty seventeen, eighteen, and mm -hmm. nineteen. So those were just the ones that were apprehended, which goes to what you were saying. Right. There's. Back in 2008, there were 200,000 a month. So what is our statistic? Is it per month? What do you think per month now, based on the well, caravans it's, coming it, through? Well, this article that uh, is, was, is current mm -hmm. is saying there was a 120% increase in 2017, 2018, and 2019 mm -hmm. from the 200,000 a month that were coming so in 2008. So I about 500,000. Yeah. A million a month. Yeah. And looking at the people that we're seeing walk across the border you know, by the newsreels and, you know, all these publications, that probably is about right. But my guys told me that it was easier just to come across at uh, locations that didn't have a checkpoint that were sort of, uh, that, where there weren't fences, than it was to go through the legal checkpoints that we're seeing on the news, because it was just easier. Uh, they're, they're, they're hard, and I'm telling you, they're hardworking guys. But and that's not the point. That's not the point. But I'm here to make sure they're here legally. Right. I like these guys. Right. And we're going to talk about that in one minute. I'm going to talk about one last thing, then we're going to go into the marriage fraud and then the ways to be here legally. Right. Um, God's design is, God's design, restrictionist, not racist. It, it be, it need be especially underscored that an advocate for immigration restriction is not necessarily racist. Policies preventing illegal immigration should stem from biblical motives of ensuring the general welfare, welfare of the nation versus denying a would-be immigrant the potential for a better way of life. To procedurally exclude foreign individuals who might be criminals, traitors, or terrorists, or who possess communicable diseases is not racist in the least. It is a good stewardship to protect the citizens of a nation who have unmistakably pledged their allegiance to that nation and their fellow citizens. Holding to a biblical theology on immigration in no way implies that one is necessarily racist. And that's 
always been my position that we're not racist at all. I mean, I've got, I run the gambit of people that I represent, but you can't just open up the borders to anybody. That's the whole crisis. And right now that's what's happening. Now, that being said, people that get here, they've, they're doing everything they can to stay because it's the land of milk and honey. Mm -hmm. I don't care what they say about other nations. No one's, just like a diamond and silk say, no one's flocking over to Venezuela to crash. Well, right. They're flocking Absolutely. here to get in. Well, and it's just, you know, I just personal comment about what you just read. I, you know, I hear that stuff and it's so absolutely true. And I think, are we so naive that we even have to tell each other that? Well, you know, we're not prejudiced. The people that are making the most noise, though, are the people that are, are saying we're are prejudiced. Saying, the coyotes, I'm sure, are loving it because they're getting $20,000 a person to come over. They're making all the money, not the government. Yeah. Not, why should they get paid? They're the criminals. Yeah. Why are they charging $20,000 to drop them off the border and then leave them to die across in the desert because they don't know enough about the, you know, the climate? It's going to get hot, too. Right. We know this happens. So right. the coyotes are making all the money. And if we, we do this legally, then really the, the government and the citizens of the United States, should be, that money should be housed for them preparing to be citizens, not coyotes, you know, illegally collecting money from naive people. And can you imagine how much money that is? $20,000 a pop, 500,000 people a month. Oh, my gosh. This is an industry. No wonder they're all coming over in droves. Wow. They're offering them the land, you know, coming over here and, 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 and probably naively telling them once they're here, what are they going to do? Yeah. They want to come in. And then they're, anyway, I'm going off. Well, so people again. that are here do everything to stay here. Nearly 100 charged in a massive marriage fraud scam. And this was in the paper Today, this was the in release Houston. today in Houston. Mm -hmm. A total of 50 people are now in custody following the return of a 206-count indictment alleging varying roles in a large-scale marriage fraud scam announced by U.S. Attorney Ryan Patrick, along with Special Agent in Charge Mark Dawson of Immigration Customs Enforcement, Homeland Security, that's basically ICE, and um, the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, both of them. There's They're separate gover government entities. Um, the indictment remains sealed as to those charged, but not yet, but not as yet in custody. All right. The federal grand so that in other words, they're charged, but they're not in custody. Right. Um, the federal grand jury returned the massive indictment on April 19th, um, April 30th this year, charging 96 individuals. To date, law enforcement has taken in 50. Of those, nine are set to appear in the detention hearing in front of U.S. Magistrate Judge Nancy Johnson, Houston, today. Um, these arrests mark the culmination of a comprehensive year-long multi-agency investigation into one of the largest alleged marriage fraud conspiracies ever documented in the Houston area. By working together with our partners, and then it kind of goes on and on about that, but, mm -hmm. but basically the, the charges allege that, um, a, uh, that Ashley Wynn, also known as I can't pronounce it. It's, it's, this is not even Hispanic. This is. Is this N-G-Y-E-N-Y-N? Yes, yes, and it's spelled, it's pronounced So that's N. Vietnamese. This is not even the people coming over the border. These are the people that are flying over, apparently. Well, what did they do? It says uh, they, they, of Houston, headed the Southwest Houston-based organization and had associates operating through Texas and Vietnam. Mm-hmm. The marriage fraud is a serious crime. The indictments reveal how successful our working relationships are with our law enforcement. Tell, they're, they're patting each other yeah, back. Yeah. A sham marriage is a marriage that is entered into for the primary purpose of circumventing immigration laws. Yeah. The indictment alleges the marriages were involved in this conspiracy were shams because the spouses did not live together and did not intend to do so, contrary to the documents and statements that they submitted to the USCIS. The spouses only met briefly. Um, usually immediately before they obtain their marriage license, or not at all. 
according to the charges. The spouse has allegedly entered into the marriage pursuant to a financial arrangement with the purpose of circumventing U.S. immigration laws. According to the charges, each beneficiary spouse entered an agreement with Wynn in which they would pay approximately $70,000 to obtain full lawful resident status. The agreements were allegedly prorated in that they would pay an additional amount for each immigration benefit they received, such as admission to the United States, conditional permanent resident status, and full lawful permanent residential status. So um, let me see. So $70,000 in a scheme to marry somebody fraudulently. So they're um, marrying American citizens. Somebody is a citizen that's uh-huh. getting paid, yeah. but it, it, they're the middleman. This win person is uh-huh. charged with being the middleman to set up $70,000 a pop. So basically that is not, just like we were watching, uh, Jim and I were were uh, binge watching, if that's what it's called, uh, Breaking Bad, which uh-huh. we've never seen. Oh, you and hadn't? They oh. have an attorney called Better Call Saul. I love him. Uh, we should do that. Get the cheers. Give me a dollar. Give me a dollar. We just love, yeah, give me so I can remember. Uh-huh. Um, basically, uh, he said uh, the, 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 the premise is you don't hire a criminal attorney. You hire a criminal <laughs> attorney. And that's what these, this, what this person is. She may not even be an attorney. It says, also indicted, indicted is eternal Chang Lee Wen. Eternal uh, attorney. attorney? Chang Lee Wen, also known as Wen Lee Thing Twang of Fairland, for obstructing and impeding the due administration of justice and tampering with witnesses, victims, and informants. Ah. Um, so uh, they face a lot of jail time, but basically that we, we know that the scam is, and I've seen it with Ethiopians. I've seen it a lot with Hispanics, but not to that to that degree. I guess the Vietnamese... Well, that was very organized. Very organized, and I guess they've... they've they, they are saying, show me the cash. This is cash and carry. Well, don't you think it's here. because of the distance? I mean, with Hispanics, they're so close to America, just logistically. But for a Vietnamese to come all the way from Vietnam, you've got to have some sort of uh, thing well, worked out already. I that. And we also have, I mean, I see scams for much, much less. We're oh, me too. $10,000, uh-huh. And it's not even a scam when these people meet you on the street. And it's like we talked about in our last show, and they're, they're, uh, sort of reeling in your daughter, your 18-year-old, 19-year-old, oh. 20-year-old daughter who's who's insecure and finds, you know, this Latin lover who's saying you're the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me, and all they want is love. Or a and Middle then they Eastern marry your kid. So, yeah, I know. This is what's happening. And then quietly the apply for uh, citizenship. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. after the two-year mark is up and they're cheat with you and have kids with all the other people they've been cheating with, uh-huh. then your beloved daughter is our, our relative is now been taken uh, under I these know. circumstances and it's really bad okay it's that terrible. being said um yeah the uh there's a whole article on immigration immigration advocates um and 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 I, I, again i the people that i represent i love them they work hard of course you i'm do. only gonna be representing people that you know if they're criminal i don't want to represent them you know do they need to be deported go back to where you came from but if they're if it was a mistake or they're improper, they're charged because somebody set them up because there's a whole community of illegal people here and they, they you've you've done one wrong so it's a you know backstabbing I'm gonna I'm gonna call the police and say you hurt me so that you'll get deported right. or you know uh, whatever the case may be there's a lot of that going on too and you feel bad for them because they're hardworking they've been here a long time they may have missed their DACA application they were here during the DACA period but they were working. You know, like the, the other guy that I just went for the bond hearing for now. So there's a lot of reasons why a lot of people should stay and they shouldn't be done wrong. But um, here's some of the headlines that are just very recent in the papers about this. 
Um, is there a connection between undocumented immigrants and crime? Um, and of course, I say that there probably is. Yes, we know that. Luring refugees. New York City's desperate for people to try, uh, desperate for people to work for them, try a new strategy to get them in. I don't think they need to try a new strategy. There's plenty of them here. It's just yeah. getting them up there. Mm -hmm. uh, Cuban immigrants were given a haven in the U.S. Now they're being deported. That's not true. Fiction. Uh, Shanahan says military won't leave until the border is secure. Probably true. Border detention cells in Texas are so overcrowded that U.S. is using aircraft to move migrants. True. Yeah, that's um, true. Um, he crossed the border alone. He spent eight months in custody. He was only seven. Um, I don't know. I think he may have not crossed the border alone. He may have gotten separated. I don't think that the... I don't think people are shoving their seven-year-old kids across the border. They're using them to get in. Yeah, um, no kidding. A painting of migrant children will hang in the U.S. Capitol. That's, that's probably true, but... <laughs> Uh, we Trump, know that's true. Uh, this is all, you know, anti-Trump. A Trump plan to evict undocumented immigrants could displace 55,000 children. So that's, but, but see, I'm, I'm in agreement with the, what Trump's doing right now. He's securing our borders any way that he can because nobody's helping him. He's oh, got to secure them. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a break. Mm -hmm. But before we do, I just want to say that I saw something on 60 Minutes that was talking about this very thing. And this guy abandoned his kid with family and just said, you're going to go to school, have fun, and uh, you'll be okay. Uh, he was not at a disadvantage. That child wasn't. But we're going to take a quick break. We're talking about immigration, the legal connection. We'll be right back after the break. Okay. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are talking about immigration and now we want to talk about how to become, how 
to become legal if you're here illegally, right? right? If you're here, and like I've, already, I've just recently got a, a number of my clients out on bond. It was a relief, and it's really difficult to get on a bond because you have to have, you, you can't, there's certain criteria that you, you, you have to have moral standing, you have to have ties to the United States. There's a lot of what reasons that you will get deported. I mean, you're, you're in, they, they picked you up, maybe you got turned in improperly, but if you've been picked up, then, and you, I think we talked about this earlier in the show too, um, you don't get um, free representation unless somehow you were able to finagle the state bar into funding it for you. Right. This is a civil matter. You're not, even though you came in illegally, you're, they're not charging you with a crime. They're determining whether they should send you back to your home or not. And that's, uh, you get a bond relief hearing and then you get um, a, uh, a hearing for relief. And so we're talking about right now. So two hearings, two the bond hearings. relief hearing. And if you're then lucky one- enough to get bond relief, you post your bond over at the, uh, at one of the centers, and the one that the, the, that they process at that I'm aware of is at Export Center by the airport. You go in there, it has to be a cash bond, and you'll get it back. And how much is it? Uh, well, they'll be between eight and 15000 typically. Wow. And uh, these people wow. have this kind of money, then this wow. should be, uh, at least the government gets to hold that. Yeah. So there, there's something. I mean, it's less than the coyotes are making. Right. But if you pay that, you have to pay it in cash. You go up to the center. Um, the bond doesn't have a lot of requirements on it, but if you don't comply with what the judge told you at the bond hearing and you come back, the judge is going to deport you. Like one of my clients um, didn't have a driver's license because he's not here legally and you can't get one without a social security number, not an, an I-10. And he um, he was has a job though and he needs to drive. And the judge told me, he said, then you find drivers because if I find out you're driving, you're getting deported. And then that would be criminal because he would be deported. At that point, if you actually go through the deportation proceedings, then you're deported as opposed to voluntarily leaving. But you go down there, you pay your bond, you're out, and then you have to go back. You no longer have, you don't no longer have a set hearing if you're not in custody anymore. You have to go back and you have to get with your attorney, which is also not free, and you've got to uh, file a motion for relief. And whether that's going to be for asylum or because you married a citizen or whatever, we're going to talk about that relief right now. Now, there's two different types of relief, green card eligibility and visas. And green card eligibility, it sounds easy. It's not easy. No. But um, here are the major categories. Immediate relative of a U.S. citizen. You're a spouse of a U.S. citizen, unmarried child under the age of 21 of a U.S. citizen, or a parent of a U.S. citizen who is at least 21 years old. At least if you have a baby here, an anchor baby like a lot of the people are having, at least that gives you some ability to stay here, okay? Um, other is family-based preference categories, um, meaning that there's a family member, you're a family, you have a family member who's a U.S. citizen. Like um, a niece or nephew, Married uncle. son or daughter, brother or sister, uh, spouse of a lawful permanent resident, something like that, brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. But it's not as, as good as an immediate relative. It's just family-based. A fiancé of a U.S. citizen or fiancé are the fiancé's child, okay? Um, and I'm saying this sort of just adding to the list. It's not as easy as what I'm saying, because you have to leave the country and come back, and we know that's because of uh, what we discussed in our, our earlier programs. You can't be in the U.S. illegally. You probably will have to leave and come back for a certain period and apply right. for this. Right. Um, widower of a U.S. citizen, um, an immigrant worker. Now, if you want a green card as an immigrant worker, um, uh, are a first preference immigrant worker, meaning you have extraordinary ability in sciences, arts, education, or business, have an are an outstanding professor or researcher, are a multinational manager or executor who meets certain criteria. So your first preference if you're highly educated. Your second preference if you're a member of a profession that requires an advanced degree, 
uh, have an exceptional ability, are seeking a national interest waiver, okay? Mm -hmm. Your third preference, if you're a skilled worker, meaning your job requires a minimum of two years training um, or work experience, a professional uh, in your particular, with, you know, with a bachelor's degree, or an unskilled worker, meaning you perform an unskilled labor requiring less than two years training experience. So you can still be in the third preference, but you're way on the bottom line if you're just right. a skilled worker. Right. Um, there's a, a, other categories are physician national interest waiver, immigrant um, investor, uh, religious worker, a member of religious denomination coming to the U.S. to work for a nonprofit religious organization. Really hard to get it on that. We have enough of them. Mm -hmm. Special immigrant juvenile, a child who has been abused or abandoned or neglected by your parent, and then you're going to have a special immigrant juvenile status. But that's going to be a child under 18 and not usually the people that come over at 15 or 16 that are having kids at 15 or 15 right. that are anchor babies because you're no longer really considered a child if you're mm -hmm. mass producing here on your own. Mm -hmm. um, international broadcaster. So you're helping with the language and the stuff. Employee of an international organization or family. Um, the next category is asylee or refugee. Um, we're, we're granted asylum status at least a year ago. We're, admit, we're admitted as a refugee at least a year ago. But you can't stay if you're a refugee. You have to leave after that asylum or refugee status ends. Uh, human trafficking is your uh, T non-immigrant visa. And crime victim is your U non-immigrant visa, which that's really hard, but that's a lot of what, what we're going to be right. used on a couple of my clients. Um, you've got something called a VAWA self-petition, was the abused spouse of a U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident, victim of battery or extreme cruelty. The problem we have with that is a lot of women are making that up so they can know, stay and they're I pretending. Know. And that's not fair to the guy that they're it's trying not. to get kicked out or to them or the people that are coming in or trying to get here legally. I know. Um, diverse immigrant visa program. Uh, were selected for a diverse visa via the visa lottery. Uh, Cuban Adjustment Act. Uh, dependent status under... The Haitian Refugee Immigration Fairness Act. Oh, I guess that's a mouthful. Uh, Lutenberg parolee. We're paroled into the U.S. as a Lutenberg parolee. I have no idea what this. Um, a native or citizen of Vietnam on or before 1997, and you've been displaced. Obviously, that wasn't the people. That wasn't this lady that had the people right. marrying into it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one for American Indian born in Canada have 50% or more blood of an American Indian race and were born in Canada. Would that be like uh, Ryan Reynolds, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. He's Canadian. Yeah. Um, person born in the United States to a foreign diplomat and a Section 13 diplomat. Okay, so those are all your green card options. But there's a bunch of visas. You don't even have to have your green card. You can get here if... Well, what's the difference between the green card and the visa? Green card is going to be, you're going to be a permanent resident. Uh, and the visa, you're just here. You're just here. Temporarily. You're, right. Uh, the purpose okay. for your intended travel or other facts will determine what type of visa under the U.S. immigration law. As a visa applicant, you will need to establish that you meet all the requirements to receive the category of visa that you're applying for. And when you apply at the U.S. Embassy or consulate in your, uh, in your country, a consulate officer will determine, based on the laws, whether you are eligible to receive a visa, and if so, which visa category. And I'm going to run through these real quick so we can get this other, but here are all the different visas. A B1 is for an athlete. A J is for an au pair. An E3 is for an Australian professional specialty. A BCC is a border crossing card, Mexico business visitor. Uh, B1 is a business... Uh, I'll take that back. BCC is border crossing card. B1 is business visitor. Um, you can be a 
a, a CW1 is a crew member transitional worker. So if you're on the ships, okay. diplomat or foreign official is an A visa. Domestic employee or nanny, that's a B1 visa again. Uh, employee or of a designated international organization or NATO, that's a NATO visa. Exchange visitor is a J visa. Foreign military personnel stationed uh, in the United States is a NATO 1 visa. Uh, foreign national with extraordinary abilities with, with sciences, arts, or education is a O visa. A free trade agreement, an FTA uh, professional from Chile or Singapore, that's a H-1B-1 visa. Hmm. Let me see if there, there's so many. This is, just go to the directory of visas, and it just there's a long, long list. Temporary agricultural worker is an H-2 visa. A student visa, an F or an M visa. Tourism visa is a B-2. Um, there, I, I'm reading all these often. I want our, our listeners just to go to this page, and you can see all the different visas. Here's the problem with visas. Um, you can apply for them, but they are really hard to get. Absolutely. If you're going to be a student, you have a limited stay. You have to keep reapplying again. They um, To get them, I don't believe that you can, you have to get them and apply for them in another country, so you have to go back. Um, so if, if you've applied, to, if, if you're here illegally and you want to become a citizen, it's, it, you're here illegally and you've got, um, everything's against you to begin with. Right. All the, uh, the, the, stack, the cards are stacked against you. So it's not as easy as, oh, I'm just going to get a visa. You may have to go back and apply and do it the right way. Now, you have some fact and fiction questions for us. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, here's, you know, b before I ask you this, I just want to tell our listeners, just the other day I was talking to my daughter about this, and she was just asking, you know, what's the big deal? Why do we want to stop all these people coming in across our borders? And why can't we just deal with the problem? And we were talking about, I told her, the vast number of people, in order to deal with the problem, you've got to get a hold on mm -hmm. the numbers first. You have to diagnose the problem. <coughs> the problem is the borders are open. It's just like, like, a, well, like a doctor. You have to diagnose it. You, don't, you can't even get a handle on this. And we people. have 500,000 people coming across every month. How are you going to get a handle on a problem that every month is 500,000 bigger? Now, what, what are facts and fictions? Okay. Great if here. you are married to a U.S. citizen or have a U.S. citizen child, you may easily obtain lawful permanent residence. Is that fact or fiction? fiction. That's not true. It's fiction. Okay. Here's the fact. Even marriage to a U.S. citizen requires an application to be filed, and the immigrant's past affects options. Um, it's just hard. Once you, it, it, there's a lot of paperwork you have to fill out if you are going to marry a citizen, no doubt. And that's why you want to get into the United States as a, as a, to be here legally. Right. Uh, number two, undocumented immigrants who have lived in the U.S. for 10 years can apply for lawful permanent residence. I'm going to say that's not true. That's not true. Okay. An undocumented, the truth is an undocumented immigrant may not qualify for lawful permanent residence solely based on living in the U.S. for 10 years. However, in deportation proceedings, the immigrant may qualify for cancellation of removal and obtain lawful permanent residence if he or she has maintained continuous physical presence in the U.S. Mm -hmm. for no less than 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay, is a person of good moral character. Has you know, an all of that. paying taxes. Right. Yeah, right, doesn't have any crimes or anything. Okay, here's another question. Undocumented immigrants and lawful permanent residents are subject to the same eligibility criteria and qualify for the same public benefits as U.S. citizens. Fact or fiction? I'm going to say that's not true. That's not true. 
Here's the fact. Undocumented immigrants are ineligible for most federal public benefits, including means-tested benefits such as supplemental nutrition assistant program, SNAP, regular regular Medicaid. Yeah, but they, they show up at the, 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 the hospitals like it's Sure, and they do, get, they do get Medicaid, mm-hmm. supplemental security income. Uh, temporary assistance for needy families and all of those things. I mean, oh. my clients literally will call 911 and use an ambulance like a cab to get yeah. their baby medicine at the emergency room. It's ridiculous. Right, absolutely. I see that. I'm infuriated. I'm like, oh, my gosh. this. Why did you call it an ambulance to get you to the hospital when you you just needed some Advil? Yeah. And they were doing A lot of them were doing that. It's yeah. really frustrating me. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, undocumented immigrants, question. Undocu- undocumented immigrants do not pay taxes and have criminal records. Is that true? No, that's true not true. Yeah, it's false. Federal law requires all workers to file income tax returns, including undocumented immigrants in the U.S. Okay, well, just because federal law requires it doesn't mean they're doing it. Right. What kind of answer but, is that? But I'll tell you what, if they are doing it and they want to be a citizen and you can prove that to your attorney, that ITIN number is going to show that that's you have good moral help. character and that really helps your attorney. So get your ITIN number if you're not here legally and pay your taxes. Yeah. Okay, guys, we've been talking about immigration. We appreciate your listening. We want to remind you... Serve God by serving others. Right, and thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about the show, to be a guest, or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.